Season 2, Episode 12 of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast, brought to you by Mugshots Grill and Bar, Katie Cake and Company, Huey P. Stockstow LLC, Pearl River Community College, Bank Plus, Advantage Insurance Company, and Anthem Mitchell, a realtor with Rematch Premier Group. On this episode, we will talk 4A, 5A, and 6A regional high school football playoffs. We will also have an interview with Pearl River Community College men's basketball coach, Chris Oney. Let's get to it. Welcome into another episode of Talking Ball, y'all, and I'm Clay Sweet. Always across the table from me, Jeff Lysette, the producer and co-host of the podcast, and um, just a special time in South Mississippi as far as sports go, and particularly football, and we'll get there uh, soon enough. But one special thing before we started in our traditional roundtable look, I wanted to hit on is uh, Picune's Mason Watkins won a 5A cross-country state championship and a 5K he posted a 16.46 time, 16 minutes, 46 seconds for a 5K. That's quick. Yeah, that's pretty fast, <laughs> Jeff. That's, uh, that's picking them up and putting them down pretty quick. So a 5A cross-country state championship for Mason Watkins uh, Picune's own, and then uh, right behind him in second place, Pearl River Central's Cole Benoit. And so 1-2, right. pretty strong finish there in 5A uh, cross-country. Congratulations to those uh, to those guys and just a junior in Mason Watkins. Uh, tip of the cap to him, and uh, that's big. And then another thing on a, on a different note, but wanted to get there before we got into our, our roundtable discussion. Um, if you could take a moment, uh, send prayers or for Greenville player Jeremiah Williams. He's a junior defensive back or for Greenville. Uh, suffered a, a, a terrible injury just this past Friday night. Um, crushed his C1 and his C4 vertebrae. And so uh, last report we got that he was still on a ventilator. Uh, actually, that game was stopped right. in progress and just canceled the rest of that ball game. So, uh, please, if you're listening to this podcast, just pause it, take a moment, and pray uh, for this young man and for his family. And uh, so, two different notes there to get started, but I definitely wanted to hit on both, Jeff, before we got into our traditional roundtable, and we'll let you get us started man as we always look at junior college first you know one quick note on that clay before we get going is we we're all sports fanatics that's why we do this uh but we're also family men as well so uh care a lot about family and if you've ever been around locker rooms football basketball baseball uh that's a family in itself so uh just uh thoughts and prayers with that young man up there uh, just uh we'll try to get through this and we'll go uh, straight into the round table like i said we're uh Start with JUCO. Uh, this portion of the roundtable is going to be brought to you by Pearl River Community College and JUCO. Uh, now that's down to two, and now and then there was two. Clay, we had East Mississippi uh, beat Colin thirty-one to seven, and Jones come from behind and beat Northwest thirty-six to thirty-four. Sets up a great state championship matchup with East Mississippi going to Jones uh, this coming up Saturday at two o'clock. Yep, good news for Jones as they win a very tight ball game, as you've described, to get there. They get to host, the South host this year. So uh, that undefeated East team at least has to come in and play 
uh, there at Jones. And uh, Jones has a, pu- a puncher's chance. Right. You know, they're good enough to pull something off there on Saturday, but they will definitely be the underdog with what East has been able to do. Um, and all of these uh, wins and winning streak, and I think this will be the first time potentially that East – and in the season can start off number one and end that way. And so you can bet that Coach Buddy Stevens is chasing that hard. Yep, and if you're around the area and you're looking for, looking for good football uh, this Saturday, uh, Jones Junior College, uh, the campus right there in Ellisville is, is beautiful. It's a beautiful campus, and you can bet that football stadium will be rocking hosting uh, the state championship game. Yep, and just for selfish reasons, and a young man we followed on the high school ranks, DJ Travis, a defensive back, uh, for the Jones Bobcats. Hopefully we'll be visiting with him on the next episode after they've pulled off uh, that win and uh, have a state championship ring right. that he'll be getting fitted for. And so we hope to visit uh, with DJ Travis uh, next week following a win over East Mississippi. Yep, and that was the the JUCO portion, and we go right into high school. Uh, Clay, this is going into second round for 4A. And it'll be first round for 5A and 6A. Uh, and this portion of the uh, roundtable will be brought to you by Huey P. Stocksdale LLC. Uh, Clay, just some uh, some 4A action. We'll start there, being as we were on the call for the Popperville game. Uh, Friday, Popperville uh, beats Lanier 50-20 to in a first-round uh, matchup, uh, first-round win. And on to the second round as they have to travel to – Northeast Lauderdale ought to be a good game between the Hornets and the Trojans. Yeah, sure, sure should be. Uh, Jeff, when you look back at that 50-20 to 20 scores, they dominated right. Lanier. I, I've called a lot of games and seen a lot of things, but I don't know if I've ever seen one get away as quickly as that one got away from Lanier. Popperville was absolutely ready to play. They run their uh, record to 10-1 and one and were just dominant. It was 50-1. to one. Uh, I mean, 50-0 to zero at one point in that ball game um and northeast lauderdale a, a team that popperville saw on their way uh along the road last year in the playoffs so we know a little about a bit about them they have a very good athletic quarterback and so uh have to go there to, that, mer- to meridian <laughs> exceptionally important for us as we'll be making that uh trip on friday night and so um that will be a tough ball game. And nobody, no, right. 16 teams is all that's left. Everybody else has been weeded out. And so that should be a fun matchup. Yep, it should be. And to look on the other side of the bracket, uh, Clay, real quick, we'll start up at uh, the quadrant uh, one portion of the 4A bracket. Uh, West Lauderdale uh, will face Florence in the second round. And then a matchup that everybody in 4A is wanting to see is Greene County and East Central. Greene County has to go down – to East Central, and that's kind of a game on my mind too. I mean, it's if if you were fortunate enough to be calling the game, if something happens we were not, I would like to go see that game as well. That ought to be a good matchup between Greene County and East Central. Down on Quadrant Two side of the bracket, Popperville is at Northeast Lauderdale, and then South Pike at Mendenhall for the 4A um, uh, state championship bracket. Yep, South Pike the one. And we talked about that district from Popperville giving people problems. Summerall almost pulled it off. That's a loss uh, that was very close for Summerall. Almost beat the one seed in South Pike. That final was 18-16 to 16 in the first round. And just to go back to uh, Greene County, that Greene County club is really good. And East Central, of course, comes in undefeated. So definitely we'll be keeping an eye on that one. As the quarterback for Greene County, Jacob Mitchell, has gotten hot 
down the stretch, and that's going to be a lot of fun to see who comes out on top on that one. Yep, and that is the second round. This week will be the second round for 4A uh, tournament action, and then this coming up Friday will actually be first round action uh, for the 5A. Uh, and Picayune had a big a big win to close out their regular season, uh, 58-7 over, over PRC, but that was an inter-district uh, intercounty rivalry that's been going on back when me and you were in school playing and before us. So big win to close out the regular season, but Picayune uh, has a tough matchup first round as, as Natchez comes into Picayune. Yep, and we'll hear about that matchup uh, with Cody Stogner. As always, we're happy to visit with Cody Stogner from the Picayune Maroon Tide coaching staff. And uh, Cody, before we even get started, man, let me throw some numbers at you. Eight and three overall was the record from regular season now we move into playoff play but that offense averaging 43 points a game 395 rushing yards a game and 57 rushing touchdowns uh, a lot of times Picune runs the ball well but this may even be a tick up from that with what y'all were able to do during a regular season well yeah i mean it just goes back to all the hard work the guys put in you know the the guys up front, you know, that's where it all starts with. And uh, we've got a great running back in Jordan Rain and uh, a lot of guys to help him back there also. Uh, but ultimately, it's those, those front seven, you know, that are paving the way and they're getting better every week. And, and uh, you know, all the credit goes to them. And, Cody, you, you mentioned Jordan. He has over 2,200 yards rushing. But the interesting thing about y'all stats, when you dig deeper, and it speaks to the guys up front, in my opinion, 17 guys on that offense have scored touchdowns. So when you when you give it to somebody behind those big guys, I'm not going to say that it doesn't matter who, but they have certainly done their job of moving people. Oh, absolutely. And, I, you know, I, I didn't even know that stat. You know, we're just we're always trying to find ways to get better, and we've got a lot of you know, good cool group of guys that you know they're not selfish and you know like you said Jordan has all those yards I don't even know if he has the most touchdowns on our team but I don't think he can tell you but I think you know he'll be the first one to tell you that it's, it's, he wouldn't be able to do it without you know his offensive line and fullback and then you know of course we got Jaquel Myers who's, who's getting better every week running our offense and that's one thing I can say about Jordan just from week one to now he's just getting better every week and you know I think that goes into getting better shape and and uh, he's just fun to be around. He's a special special talent. Uh, and, Cody, y'all finished up regular season play uh, against the inter-county, uh, inter-district rival with PRC. And, and everybody uh, that was at the game and listened to the game and stuff knows knows what the score of that ball game was. But as soon as the ball game's over, I know y'all celebrated the win, finishing second in the district. But now your attention is on the Natchez. You have Natchez coming in. Uh, at home, coming into Picayune this week, um, I know y'all have already started game planning and looking at Natchez. Just what kind of what kind of ball club does that number three seed uh, come in? As it will be a uh, Picayune number two seed versus Natchez number three. What kind of ball club uh, can the spectators expect to see uh, out of Natchez this Friday night? Well, I mean they're not your typical three seed. You know they they have a seven and four record. Uh, so I mean they're. I mean, of course, you know, when you hear matches, they're going to have great athletes. As a judge of my film, they got a big old quarterback and uh, got some just good-looking kids on, on their team. And uh, it's hard. I mean, we we got some films we broke down, and 
and uh, they do a lot of stuff we've you know we've kind of seen this year. Just uh, you can't take anybody lightly now. This time of the season, it's a whole new season, you know. So we're going to try and take it day by day. And with them, you know, you can't just you go out there and say, okay, it's a three seed. We're going to come out with a win because now it's playoffs. Anything can happen. You know, the ball isn't round for a reason. It's going to it's going to bounce one way or another. And uh, but I mean, give credit to Natchez for making it. I mean, they've got a good ball club. Absolutely, a special time really as as to still be playing, right, Co? I mean, this is this is neat to even still be alive and and have an opportunity. And uh, we certainly wish you and that staff and those players the best of luck and continued success, Cody. We appreciate you taking time for the podcast, bud. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank y'all for everything y'all do. Really uh, enjoy listening to it. Thank you, Cody. We look forward to talking to you, man, down the road. Good deal. As you can hear from Cody, that Natchez club is going to be a good uh, first-round test, and that's all that's left in 5A. There's only will be a good test left. That bracket uh, will be interesting because the winner of the Laurel Wayne County will get uh, Picune Natchez winner and the history between Picune and Laurel, right. that recent history, and then, of course, the Picune and Wayne County history. So if you advance to the second round, uh, there won't be a whole lot of love right. loss between that second round matchup and then uh, everybody kind of eyeballing maybe a third round matchup between Hattiesburg and Picune and, of course, that's sitting out there as a potential third round ball game. Uh, when you look there, that that game, when you look back in the regular season, Picune tested Hattiesburg. Uh, the onside kick, controversial onside kick, was really the difference in it. And so, going to be a lot of fun. You look at the second round, you hate to look ahead, but right. we can here on a podcast. Players and coaches can't. Hattiesburg matches up with Brookhaven. You would think Hattiesburg wins that one. West Jones plays Stone. Stone's been hot, but you would think that West Jones would win that ball game. Hattiesburg, West Jones in the second round. That's a West Jones team that's 9-2. and two, And, Jeff, they've only given up 73 points in the season. So that's they've played 11, only given up on average a touchdown a ball game. So Hattiesburg potentially goes West Jones, who's very tough, and then they win, have to play Hattiesburg. That's not that easy of a road for that dominant Hattiesburg club. No, it, it, it's not – uh, it's not the, the way they would probably have liked to see it uh, go and play out. But when you're the number one seed, you're going to face that four seed uh, in Brookhaven, a, a, a very, in the past, a very good Brookhaven team. So uh, a very good Brookhaven team. So it, it's got everything in the makings. Like you said, us as uh, broadcasters and podcast hosts and stuff, we can look at that. And it's got the makings for a November the 23rd South State championship between Picune and Hattiesburg, a rematch from the regular season. Yep, and that would be a high drama and a lot of fun, a lot of tension there, and uh, two clubs potentially getting after it if we get there. The neat thing about these playoffs is that it's that high pressure, high tension each and every week. You lose, you go home. When you look at 6A, the number one seeds in uh, 6A, Horn Lake, Northwest Rankin, Brandon, and Gulfport. Gulfport from the south probably going to be asked to tote the water here. They're the one seed. They match up against Petal. That will be interesting to see. Can Petal, can Gulfport represent uh, the south 6A region and make some noise? Can they win a couple ball games? You have Brandon matched up against St. Martin. St. Martin was the 
four seed coming out of that region. And so, Brandon, maybe if there is an odds-on favor to win 6A, it may be Brandon. Northwest Rankin, of course, Startville played in a really good right. ball game earlier in the year. Uh, you could potentially see that matchup again. So 6A will be, as always, you know, that, that will be fun to we'll kind of watch and see who comes out of it. Oak Grove, a former Picayune coach, uh, now offensive coordinator at Oak Grove, Russell Mitchell, uh, they're the two seeds. So that will be uh, fun to see what Oak Grove and Harrison Central do uh, in that matchup. I may have that reverse. They may be a 3-2. I may have that flip-flopped. I don't think it'll matter once they get it right. kicked off. All the at, seeding kind of goes out the window anyway. At this point in the in the playoffs, first round, once the bracket gets done, nobody's really ever the number that they're represented. I mean, the, that they're uh, represented by on this bracket. And if you look ahead, we did it for the 5A, you have a potential to have a pedal Oak Grove second round of the playoffs for that sits a, which is crosstown rivalries, really Oak pedal, uh, just the other side of the interstate heading east of Hattiesburg. So they already play each other regular season, a big nasty rival, and you have a possibility of that as in the second round. Yep, and the and they would potentially play the winner of Brandon Pearl, who played right. just a week ago in a knockdown drag out, one of the nastiest, right. fiercest rivals in the state. So you're right, Jeff, those uh, those two ball games could pit uh, Petal, Oak Grove, Brandon Pearl. So uh, – just an awesome time of year. Look, it's fun showing up over here tonight to record these things each and every week. But when you can lay these brackets out and kind of have some fun with those, this is a, a certainly a special time in our state who values football uh, so much, and this is a, a lot of fun to go over. Yep, and we all know, uh, everybody listening knows, all the teams know it's a win or go home in these playoffs. So, uh, you can bet whether you're a one seed, two, three, or four, you're going to get the best from these teams uh, on this this coming up Friday night as they start the first round of the Sits A uh, playoffs. Uh, Clay talking, uh, going on then to some college football, uh, the NCAA football action uh, portion of the uh, roundtable. We brought to you by Anthem Mitchell, a realtor for Rematch Premier Group, and uh, the Golden Chickens. Clay, that's my name a lot of times for fantasy stuff. Our Golden Eagles pulled it out up at home against Marshall, 26-24, uh, beyond or behind some uh, different quarterback play uh, from the Eagles this past Saturday. Yeah, Tate Watley uh, gets the start, and uh, really he started, really didn't do a whole lot. That offense uh, really was the benefit of a good defensive play and continued to turn Marshall over right. when they needed to. Uh, the term nasty bunch is used to me that's got a special place in and and southern miss history with the way that that group that kind of started that and played well they kind of played that way on saturday and needed a really good effort and that was a win that i really wasn't expecting to maybe get but you get that win at the rock and now that kind of puts you back in the hunt to potentially be bowl eligible. So a good win for Southern Miss. And then looking ahead to next week, a rival in UAB. UAB's playing really good football. I believe Southern Miss is around a 12 or 13-point underdog in that one. But UAB has ruined so many good years of Southern Miss. Right. Wouldn't yep. that be special to go beat uh, the UAB Lizards over there and, and to pull that off? Well, and, and UAB um... – 
the record this year. And if just not too many years ago, they did not have a football program. They brought it back. So credit UAB and the coaching staff over there of getting that team back and getting it uh, fighting uh, for maybe a Conference USA title this year. I think they've only got one loss on the year. Uh, so that ought to be a good matchup. Travel over to Birmingham, uh, Will USM. Mississippi State, big win over uh, Louisiana Tech, 45-3. to uh, I say that, the Bulldogs, big win. Everybody is uh, excited up at Startville. This Saturday, Clay, Mississippi State at Alabama. And we all seen what Alabama can do. But big win for Mississippi State, 45-3. to Yep, good news for Mississippi State is Fitzgerald looks right. I mean, he's looked right the last two weeks. They threatened, you know, really uh, to bench him, and since that time he has played really good football, and they're going to need him to play exceptional football against the machine that is Alabama. To see what Alabama did against a good LSU team in that environment, uh, just following several people said, you know, Death Valley was unlike they'd ever seen it before on Saturday night, and that was all before kickoff. Once uh, kickoff and they got started, Alabama just so dominant. Um, And I call them a machine. I don't even – you know, me and Dad were talking on Sunday. He's like, son, I don't know, unless they turn the ball over a lot and kind of aid in beating themselves, who in the world stands a chance? I'm I'm with him on that. They just look dominant. But I will say this, State plays good enough defense – that if Fitzgerald just has a game out of his mind, there is that potential right. because they are so good defensively. Yep, and you know that you you talk about the Alabama, the Alabama LSU, Alabama wins that one. Of course, everybody watched it. It was prime time, CBS, twenty nine to nothing. But the team that is Alabama, uh, Tua doesn't turn the ball doesn't turn the ball over, and he actually played the fourth quarter against the LSU game, something he hasn't done all year. So that'll be a good game. Uh, to to watch. Everybody keep your eyes on if you're watching good football. Mississippi State at Alabama. Uh, this past weekend, Clay Ole Miss comes up short. They were home uh, against South Carolina. They come up short 48-44. But they have a big test, too, as they go on the road to face Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. Yep, and Ole Miss kind of squandered that game at the end. Just can't play defense really well enough to, to win close games or to hold people out at the end. And so – uh, A&M coming off, I believe, off a tough loss. They they're, won't be in a good mood, and Ole Miss probably won't benefit uh, from that. I actually saw a lot of that Ole Miss game. I didn't make it up to the Rock on Saturday. I was under the weather, and so I hung out at the house and watched more football than I should have. And like I said, Ole Miss, uh, not sure their quarterback play. I know he was kind of banged up. I think he'll probably be a game-time decision against A&M. And A&M will be uh, locked and loaded, ready to get after Ole Miss. And until Ole Miss can do something different defensively, and that won't be uh, this year, they're going to have trouble winning in that league. Yep, and another a game we didn't write down we talked about uh, was the Georgia-Kentucky game. Uh, that game and the Alabama-LSU game, basically everybody was saying the winner of that game and the winner of the Alabama LSU game will face each other in the SEC championship west and east so Georgia pulls out that win over Kentucky uh which Kentucky's having a great year going in number ninth in the uh in the nation they're going to fall of course down they're going to be out of it but Georgia keeps winning keeps rolling you'll have another uh Georgia Alabama SEC championship rematch and that's crazy to me that that's already set you know there's still a lot of football to be played but that matchup secured and locked in 
when you look at Georgia, LSU dominated them, tested their manhood. That was a statement win for LSU a few weeks back. People were questioning how good is Georgia. Well, since then, Georgia's turned it around, played really good football uh, since then, got back to their identity, pounding the football, two good backs there, and Swift and Holyfield, they've done well in that, and that being said, I just can't see Georgia being able to, I mean, stay on the field with Alabama at this point, just watching how LSU was able to dominate them in the trenches. But um, for that matchup to already be set, it kind of says something about the way that the SEC has played this year. There's been two layers, really, Alabama and everybody and else. So. You know, and that that to end up that NCAA uh, football portion of the roundtable, uh, we talked uh, Saints yesterday. Big win uh, over the Rams. We're getting some NFL action. Uh, then and people were talking going into that game that the winner of that game uh, has a tight reins on the NFC uh, to maybe. Uh, of course, there's a lot of football left to play. This is the National Football League, but they said that could very well bode for home field advantage uh, in the NFC. And it's kind of crazy how things are. They're talking like that, but big win. Uh, the Saints over uh, a very an undefeated eight zero uh, Los Angeles Rams team. Yep, that was going to be a statement game, uh, a test. Saints have looked unbelievable since Week One. They took you know that first loss against Tampa Bay, as crazy as that was. I was listening to that game that first Sunday. I was like, what in the world? Right. But then had the Rockies play yeah, against even Cleveland. That, yeah, that's true. First two weeks. Right. That's right, Jeff. The first two weeks didn't look right either week. And now look at them. Have rolled. And Breeze doing what he does, Kamara, and then Thomas out there. I mean, they can't right. guard him. That's his, I guess, Twitter handle. Can't guard, can't guard And it is true. Yeah. I mean, situation is third and seven. You know they're throwing it to Mike. And he's running in open space. It's amazing. And um, cost his team a penalty with the homage back to Joe, Joe Horn. Horn. And it's the guy that's going to say, oh, slow down or get off my line. The old guy that's going to be mad about that. I, I, I kind of liked it. Old Joe Horn, Itawamba Juco. Uh, product and uh, kind of tip your cap back uh, to Joe Horn back in the day with a cell phone. And to see Joe Horn's comments after late yesterday evening were neat. He was working out and apparently uh, got wind of it and even brought a tear to his eye at the way, you know, uh, he said the way they honored an old soul was the quote I saw. And I thought that was pretty darn cool. You know, and my problem wasn't with the penalty, of course. You know, they, they gave it to him on the 40. The Rams can score quick. But I was just wondering where in the, today's age he found some flip phones. But we all found, and if you're on social media, you've seen where he found uh, the flip phones. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a great uh, a great blast from the past, and that's what I called it, with Joe Horn. Because they kept showing them side by side yesterday. So, big win uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, super job by them. And it's looking like a super type uh, season for the Saints. And uh, speaking of super, we get an awesome opportunity now to visit with Pearl River Community College head basketball coach Chris Oney. Football has kind of dominated the podcast so far, but we're going to turn our attention to something I love and turn it over to the hardwood and uh, a team that won a state championship last year uh, looking to repeat and potentially do even more than that. And you'll hear why the guy that's kind of uh, steering the ship 
so to speak, right. had a ton of enthusiasm in his voice. And I think uh, you as listeners will really enjoy this interview with head coach Chris Olney. We're fortunate enough tonight to have head basketball coach for Pearl River Community College, Chris Olney, joining us. And uh, Coach, we had all the intentions of doing a, a full-fledged preview of you guys, and then y'all snuck a game in on us. So <laughs> uh, a big win to get started, a lopsided victory over uh, Delgado. But, um, Coach, congratulations on that first win. And, and now we, can, we don't really have to talk about expectations as y'all are – uh, y'all season has begun, but right. expectations certainly high, and and to start off the way that y'all did, just kind of speak to that, uh, coach. The expectations coming in off a of state championship last year. Well, well, you know, uh, I've said numerous times, numerous of times, you know, expectations are, I mean, it's just expectations. Those are just things that people think you should do. You know, and, and what we try to do is focus on the things that, that, that now, you know, the things that we can control right now. Uh, our guys, we just come in every single day, you know, and just try to figure out, you know, ways and areas that we can improve in. And we just kind of go from there. You know, we kind of adapted the model, getting 2% better every, each and every day. Uh, and I think the guys have, have kind of bought into that. And every single day in practice, we come in with that mindset. And, uh, you know, that, that, that that's just you know, what, what we think of right now. Coach, kind of, if you would, I've seen that 2% uh, in, in some different articles. Where does that, that 2% or that mindset, where does that stem from? <laughs> well, I can't, I can't get, let, let you know that all my secrets uh, Jones, <laughs> Randy Bowden Randy Jones may be listening. He may try to get 3% better. <laughs> I can't let all that go. But, but it's the way I tell you, you know, and it's, it, there's some more parts to it that you know I don't really want to like if I want to share it. Jones and Gulf Coast may be listening, but <laughs> but 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 there's some other layers to that, and, and you know, and if you get down into it and you just focus on the things we focus on, it makes it very very difficult to look forward, you know, to the next the next day, you know, kind of keep you present in the moment, you know, I thought that was important for us to for us to have that kind of mindset going into this year, because you know with the roster we had coming back and with some of the kids that we signed. Uh, there were there were someone highly thought of coming out of high school. I knew that you know uh, there there'll be some people thinking that we 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 should go undefeated and win every game by twenty, you know, and that that's just not the case. It just wasn't gonna be the case. Coach, you talk about that roster. You win a state championship, and then you you add too with a guy like uh, Rochelle that comes in, uh, a guy that actually competed a lot of minutes over at LSU last year. <clears throat> The 2% and what you're talking about getting better, what are y'all's practices like, man? I mean, you can really <laughs> compete pretty good five-on-five five at practice every day, can you not? Absolutely. You know, we've had a few inter-squad scrimmages, and, I've, you know, we got we had Eric Thorne, you know, which was an All-American coming back, and a lot of those scrimmages, we put them, you know, separate from, from one another, and I tell you, it's a war. I mean, I, I've seen some I've seen some inter-squad scrimmages in practice. I wish that you know, our fans got a chance to see. Uh, uh, I mean, every single one of them goes down to the, you know, I tell you what, I've even had to, you know, because in those inner squad streams, I referee, I've even had to give a few technical fouls because they get mad with me <laughs> <laughs> by not, about not getting certain calls. But it, it, it's made it extremely easy to c come to work every day, I can tell you that, and it makes it extremely easy, you know, to keep guys focused because they know at any given moment that the guy that right next to them or right behind them could be, can be in their spot. So, so it makes 
and make guys come to practice every day and do the things they're supposed to. And once again, we're joined by Pro River Community College head men's basketball coach Chris Oney uh, with this interview sponsored by Bank Plus. And, and Coach, you know, we've been – I've had the, the fortunate to call some radio with you when you was an assistant coach under Coach Mathis back uh, when Coach Mathis was the head coach. And you – people around Poplarville and, and people – uh, that's probably already listened to the podcast say, well, we know uh, Coach Oney. He's been there uh, for blahs, blah, blah, however many years. You know, that we know Coach Oney. Mm-hmm. But for people that haven't listened, how does coming from the SEC, competing at Ole Miss, playing basketball, and then your different stops along the way as a coach, how has that helped you and, and prepared you to take this team uh, to where you've taken them so far coming off of, uh, coming off of a state championship win? Well, that's a, that, that, that's a great question. And, and, and you know, uh, I have a, a few different ways I can answer it, but, 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 but the, the, the way I would rather answer that question is I try to stay out of the way. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've been around a lot of basketball in my, in my short life. I'm not that old, you know, but I was fortunate. When I was at Ole Miss, we had Rob Evans, which was the Naismith Coach of the Year, uh, which then Rob Barnes was right behind him, which also – you know, was highly thought of as as a head coach. You know, so I've been fortunate. Uh, even in my early coaching, you know, Coach Mathis was, the, I think, the winningest coach ever at Pearl River. Uh, when I first got into coaching, uh, coach, you know, my coach at Nichols, he was the second winningest coach in Southland Conference history. And then my, when I went to Louisiana Monroe, uh, uh, he was the the uh, the top, you know, winningest coach in the Southland. So I've been fortunate to be around guys that that know how to draw up a play or know how to deal with egos and you know so so in this situation you know i just i just reflect back on all those moments and all those times and i i try to come up with a plan but 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 more than all that i think that this team has great character already you know i, I haven't had to do much adjusting because you know we talk about and i don't know if a lot of people know this but pearl river has never been to hutchinson camp in 110 year history Wow. You know, and that's something that, that, you know, that's part of that 2% I was talking about, too. And that's something that we talk about, you know, a lot, you know, getting better because I feel like we have a chance, you know, with this roster to to, to, to get a run, you know, which I think will be will be awesome. You know, I told those guys, I said, there's nothing else you can do greater as a basketball player than to do that. You know, to take a program that's never been somewhere in 110 years. I said, you can, you can get drafted by the – by the Bulls and win a world championship, that won't be greater than doing this. But Michael Jordan won a few of them with Chicago Bulls. You know, we've never been to Hudson, Kansas, and that's that's something that you know every day we step on the court that we we, we trying to get better to, to achieve. Coach, you you talk about getting better. When I look at a roster and and look at this, something that jumps out at me, and then the position you're in is uh, managing touches and then managing <laughs> minutes. Is that a challenge yeah. with a roster this deep? It really is, you know, and I, I didn't realize that, you know, we had our first game of the night and it's something that I've been in the office since then trying to, trying to, trying to work out. You know, uh, Kirk Parker, which was our starting center last year, he played less than 10 minutes the first game, had zero points and committed to a Division One school today. <laughs> you <laughs> wow. know, I mean, which, which is, you know, which makes it, which makes it extremely difficult, you know. You know, I got a buddy of mine that coaches in the NBA and, and, and you know, I was talking to him about it, and, you know, one of the things he said in the NBA is that they monitor minutes. No matter what's going on with the Florida game, they substitute at a certain point in time of the game. You know, that may be something I have to try, you know. 
you know, I, I don't know, but it's something that we definitely staff got to get figured out to make sure that we keep guys fresh and keep guys going in and keep guys getting their share of touches at the right time. But at the same time, make sure, you know, the guys that, that down the stretch that, that's going to probably lead us over the hump, you know, make sure that they, they're in the ball game and they're getting the ball in the spots where they need to get the ball in the spot. Make sure we can finish games off. Coach, you lead me into my next question. Uh, good teams normally have great guard play. Tell us a little bit about your backcourt and how you can use those guys to kind of uh, manage just what you said, getting uh, some of these scores the ball in the right spot. Right. Well, you know, honestly, I think, you know, we got big Chris Agbo, who's uh, 6'8", 275, uh, 2% body fat. Uh, but, but, but I think the strength of our team, as funny as this sound, is our two little guards, our little two six-foot guards. I mean, they're, they're quick as a whip, I can tell you that. And, and and last year, to be honest, you know, last year, as a staff, we was just trying to win and get as far as we can get with that group for this year, for, so they have experience for this year. And we just got hot, and, you know, we got we got really good down the stretch and we won one state championship. But we was thinking if we can get those guys as much experience we can get them for this year, that we really will be strong. Uh, but but uh, Jonas James, I think, is a phenomenal player. I mean, he's he's won at every level he's been at. Then uh, C.J. Brim also, you know, and they complement each other. So, which gives me the luxury late in the game, I can play both of them because they can both play together, you know. So it's like it's not like it, it, it is. I have two point guards on the court, which helps us phenomenally. Uh, to be honest, uh, and, uh, and that, that's what makes it so exciting, and that's what makes it, you know, so realistic that you know we can we can do this thing all over again you know and coach we me and clay is has been fortunate to call uh pearl river community college football and they mm-hmm. consider mississippi juco football kind of like the sec the little sec <laughs> uh with the football districts and the and the teams in the state of mississippi Talk about that on the basketball level. Jones, Gulf Coast, Colin, you got that South Division. And I know you got friends that that coach at the different schools and you made friends along the the way of your coaching career. But talk about the division and the state of Mississippi, where it's at JUCO level as far as basketball. Well, I tell you, I tell you, when I first came to this league, I was working for Coach Mathis. When I used to go out and recruit after games, it would be myself and maybe one other coach from one other school. Uh, Now, when I go recruit, it's nine, ten coaches at, at, at that game, you know, recruiting those players. Uh, I think what's happened is we've had it's been a, a influx of young coaches that that's hungry and that's eager, that's trying to move up. Uh, and then when the presidents opened the state up five years ago, or so it it just made it so much more difficult uh, and so much more competitive. Uh, to be honest, and, it, and it's and it's it's tough. You know, it really is. You know, uh, Jones and. Gulf Coast and Southwest, even and you know, often homes and so those some of those schools in the north. I mean, those coaches work their tail off, you know. Uh, whereas when I first got in this league, I don't want to slight any of those guys, but I, I don't think they were. It was as competitive as it is now, you know, uh, from the recruiting standpoint. Which, which you know, that's the that's the lifeline of, of any program. Uh, and, and we went out to, and I think across the board nationally that this league. Is, it's getting more and more recognition, you know, for the first time in I don't know how long, we've had two schools ranked preseason in the top 25, which being us and Holmes, which I don't think that's happening. And I don't know and I don't know when. You know, we went out to Dallas and we competed against Coffeville, one of the top, I think they were ranked preseason ranked number four in the country. I think it was a one-two-point game. Uh, 
uh, towards the end. So, so I think, you know, not only in football, I think, you know, recognition-wise, it's just in athletics, you know, uh, across the board that, that Mississippi Junior College is getting, you know, recognized as a place or a state uh, that you have to deal with. Coach, when you talk about recruiting, um, you're selling kids and parents on not only yourself, the program, the academics that are around Pearl River, the facilities, all those things. Talk about the upgrade um, there, the gym, beautiful place, the Under Armour yeah. Agreement, beautiful jerseys, uh, what yeah. uh, Dr. Breerwood's building, all yeah. those things I think factor into to the recent Absolutely. success and then you being able to land some of these guys. Absolutely, you know, Dr. Brewer and Jeff Long's vision is is just what this is. You know, I sent an email to uh, Dr. Brewer. I think Dr. Lewis was 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 here his last year. I sent an email to him thanking him on on how beautiful the campus are. You know, it, you, you'll be amazed, shocked on we feed out some Division One schools on some of the players that we have now. You know, and what and what their parents and you know they talk about is that this place is. Absolutely phenomenal, you know. Uh, one day I almost, I almost did this, and I think I may do it. I mean, you can't drop a piece of paper on the ground tonight and it be there tomorrow. Hmm. I mean, I mean that's how hard that you know, and that's how important it is to Doctor Brewerwood to, to to make sure that this place is, is a step a step a step above above the rest, which makes it extremely easy for me when I bring a kid in. Most of the time, when I bring a kid in, if our roster fit his need, we get him. You know, Brandon Rochelle, the kid we brought in for LSU, he did not want to go junior college. I think the day before he came on his visit, Creighton and some other wow. highly Division One schools was trying to get him to come sit out. And we talked to him coming in, coming down. We said, look, man, if you don't like it, you'll never hear from us, from us again. And he came down. He took his phone out and started video in our facility. Hmm. That's how impressed he was, you know, with, with, with the things that we had, you know, so – so when it when it when it comes to that, once again, I just got to get in my office and make sure I don't mess the deal up, <laughs> you know, by, by 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 you know, tell them something he don't like. But 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 most of the time, once they get to walk around campus to get to see all the things we offer and things that we have, then it makes it easy for them to say yes, sign sign a scholarship with us. Coach, I'm gonna ask you a basketball nerd question because that's kind of what I consider myself. When you've got a team like this and, and you're a successful coach and you've already mentioned the successful coaches you've been around, so much mm-hmm. of sports and basketball are going to analytics. What stats <laughs> what stats jump out at you, coach, or some of the first things that you look at, you know, after a game on a box score or, or something that you track that uh, right. important things to you? Well, assist, assist. You know, assist, you know, shows that, that we're sharing about. You know, the toughest part about, coaching on this level is everyone on your roster is trying to move on to a Division mm-hmm. One school. So it's, in, it's extremely hard to, t- to, to prove to them that, look, if you play a team way and don't worry about stats, you'll still be able to end up where you want to end up Division One side. You know, now that sounds really neat coming off my tongue, <laughs> but you think about, you know, a kid that's trying to go to Ole Miss, or LSU, or the Southern Miss, and then I got to convince them that okay, you, you just have eight points a game, mm-hmm. they'll still like you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know that that that's the toughest part about coaching coaching on this level. But fortunate for us that we've had some guys. We had a kid Jabari Craig who averaged four points a game and signed with East Carolina. So mm-hmm. I can go back and, and, and talk about those things and 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 throughout beat it in the head, beat it in the head, and hopefully, and most of the time throughout the year they they'll kind of get it, you know, and, and, and without 
without sacrificing, you know, exactly their own individual, you know, skill set and all that kind of stuff and put it in for the team and, and it all worked out. You know, but as soon as I grab a box score at the end of the game, I look at the field. But I'll tell you something else that I was very, very impressed with after watching our first game the other day. And I talked to the, about the guys today. We went from defense to offense in like five possessions the other night against Del Cop Delgado. We got the ball and we scored it in four seconds. Mm. Now, now that's you know, you know, when you see that as a coach, you go to wow. thinking, man, well, <laughs> we 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 really do have a chance, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. because before before the defense can get to half court, we had three guys in the paint, you know, one of them laying the ball up, and if we can continue that and, and continue showing that, you know, we can increase that from five times a game to ten times a game, then by the end of the year, we got that going, you know, fifteen to eighteen times a game. I think it it it, it pose a, a serious problem for the for the opposition. Coach, I've lived here in Picayune my whole life, and uh, followed, of course, Pearl River Community College. This is as much buzz as I can remember about uh, this basketball program in a long, long time. So. I think y'all will get great support, but I'll give you a chance here to kind of ask for people to come out and, and, and check y'all out up there. I know y'all have got a road right. test coming up against Bishop yep. State, but uh, yep. just getting people to the gym and creating that atmosphere there in, in Popperville. Well, yeah, well, well, exactly. I'll tell you one reason why it should come. If you like popcorn, <laughs> we, got a, we got a new concession. We got a new concession lady, and I hadn't had the chance to meet her yet, but that was the best popcorn that I've tasted in this gym since I've been here. So if nothing else, if you love good popcorn, you, you should come to the game, you know. But, but you know, you know, a lot of things, you know, have to, has to happen for us to have a roster like this. You know, I mean, the right kid has, has to be graduating, has to be a senior coming out of high school. You know, the right two or three kids have to be friends, you know. I mean, the right transfer has to be leaving LSU. You know, so many things have to have to take place, you know, in order for us to create a roster like this. And, you know, this kind of roster may not come along again, mm-hmm. you know, for a while. Not because we're satisfied, you know, after we haven't done anything yet, but, but not because of that, because, but because of the things I just said. You know, Eric and Jonas and CJ, well, all those kids are coming out the same year. <laughs> so and we, were, we were able to land all those kids. And then Rochelle, out the transferring. And then we get we got a guy Langston Powell who was coming out who was who is who is <laughs> has been a has been amazing you know who a lot of schools turned down and he went to ULM on the track scholarship and kind of ended up over here and, and he had just about as many division offers as anybody you know so so some luck and all that you, know, you have to be fortunate and all that kind of stuff and if I'm a fan that hadn't been to a game that kind of like basketball. I would just come watch at least one game because you never, you never, like I say, you never know that when this kind of roster come around again, you know, uh, and not because of hard work and not because we won't work hard and try to try to sign really good players, but a lot of times a lot of luck go go into it. You know, I, I remember a couple of years ago we signed Darrell Willis, who since mm-hmm. I've been here has been the best player. I mean, we missed on the kid from here in Mississippi. That's the only reason why we even look for a big kid out of state. <laughs> if we would have got that kid in Mississippi, we would have signed a point guard that year uh, out of state. So I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff got to go into it. But but I think this year we got an exciting team. We got a, we got a fun group that I think to watch. I mean, the other night Eric Thorn, I think jumped on top of the roof in, in Colorado and came down and dunked it. You know, he. <laughs> I mean, that's the first time in a college basketball game the referees had to call a timeout to calm the crowd down wow. in a college game. <laughs> You know, you see that a lot of time in high school, but in the college game, I mean, you you hardly ever see that. You know, so if nothing else, come out and 
eat good popcorn and hopefully watch good basketball. <laughs> well, we're going to do it, Coach. Yep. We're going to get up there and see you next time we uh, have sound for you from the podcast. It'll be post-game, and uh, yep. we look forward to seeing this group. And, man, we certainly appreciate – uh, your time tonight and your passion for the program up there and uh, continued success, my man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Have. Good luck, Coach. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode brought to you by Mugshots, Katie Cake and Company, UEP Stockstill LLC, Pearl River Community College, Bank Plus, Advantage Insurance Company, and Anthem Mitchell, a realtor with Rematch Premier Group. Stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come.